You might not have put two and two together or realize that this podcast, it's actually produced by a nonprofit, listener-supported Wyoming Public Media. We're just a little old station housed in a basement on the beautiful University of Wyoming campus. We aren't getting paid big bucks as a for-profit business. No siree, we're making this podcast not for money, but because everyone on our team believes in what we do, telling the missing stories of the real American West. But that means we rely on people like you. If you make sure to download every episode as soon as it comes out, or have been telling all your friends what a big Modern West fan you are, or would be seriously bummed if we disappeared from your feed, If all that describes you, I wonder if you'd take a quick minute to do something for me. Get into your browser and search for themodernwest.org and find the donate button. It doesn't matter how much you commit to, $5 or $100. It just matters that you show us that you want us to keep telling these stories. My recommendation? Pause this episode and do it real quick before you forget at themodernwest.org. From Wyoming Public Media, this is the Modern West. Stories to match our scenery. I'm Melody Edwards. They wanted clarification as to which tribe I was enrolled in, as if that mattered. And I don't feel like that matters because that is a federal, that's a government implement onto our tribal systems. What's it like to grow up realizing you're a citizen from two different tribes? We're going to hear from two Native American women as they think over that question. Reporter Taylor Stagner is Eastern Shoshone and Arapaho from Oklahoma. She grew up in Crowheart, a town on the Wind River Reservation in central Wyoming. She talks about the struggle of being both and neither. The Wind River Reservation is home to the Eastern Shoshone and Northern Arapaho tribes. So they have kind of a symbiotic relationship to one another. And it's a very unique situation because I'm not sure what other reservation has two tribes occupying the same land, trying to uh, both assert their sovereignty over the same um, reservation. And I know that the Eastern Shoshone and the Northern Arapaho have some animosity um, from time before the reservation was set up like this. The animosity between the Arapaho and the Shoshone actually goes way back, like all the way back. They've been warring rivals since the farming Arapahos were pushed out of the Midwest during European contact to compete for bison on the Great Plains. Then, when the U.S. Army started forcing tribes onto reservations, the Wind River Valley was given to the Shoshones. Originally, it was called the Shoshone Reservation. But then, in 1878, in the middle of winter, the U.S. Army was moving the northern Arapaho into Wyoming in search of a reservation. But so many people began to starve and become sick that the Shoshone Chief Washakie agreed to let the Arapaho stay on their reservation. But just until spring. But the U.S. government never made good on their promise to create a new reservation for the Arapaho people. So they had to stay and they've been there ever since. And now every pebble on the reservation belongs to both tribes. 
since then, there's been a lot of intermarrying and a lot of like coexistence and a lot of effort to um, put away past differences and to really to really cohabitate this really wonderful reservation. And Wind River is wonderful. Alpine meadows, big fishable rivers, hay meadows. But you can't say you're from the Wind River tribe. There's no such thing. And the federal government doesn't recognize dual citizenship. You can only claim one tribe, even when you're from someplace like Wind River Reservation, where the two tribes are intricately entwined. And Taylor says that makes it a challenge to get to know yourself. I lived in Alaska for a while. My dad moved there and so did my mom. They wanted to get away from their hometown because my dad worked in the oil field. Um, So I lived there for a while. And then when I came back, after my parents divorced, I think that that's when I started to understand myself a little bit more in relation to the land around me. I love going up to Crowheart. My heart is there. Uh, That's where my family has pretty much been for a very, very long time. And I, I think it's kind of cliche, but like you try to leave, but it always it's, it's your home. It's where your, your spirit and your, your thoughts are, even when you're a million miles away and doing something completely different. My thoughts always kind of drift back to Crowheart and my family and what it means to be Shoshone and Arapaho. Taylor has a friend who's been struggling with all these questions of identity, too. Sarah Ortegon, a visual artist, actress, and dancer. Like Taylor, she's multi-tribal, both Eastern Shoshone and Northern Arapaho. But she didn't grow up on Wind River. She grew up in Denver, a half-day's drive away. My parents had 12 kids, and it was hard because my dad was really strict on us when we were in the city, And so we were only allowed to be in our backyard or in our basement while we played. We weren't allowed to leave our yard or go in the front yard. And when we would go to the the res, I was constantly playing in the rivers or playing at Bull Lake and um, riding our bikes down the dirt road while we had sticks like trying to ward off all the res dogs. And it was just a certain type of freedom that I felt like was taken away from me every time I came back to the city. It was very difficult to come back to the city. How important do you think it is for... um uh, the Shoshone and the Rapaho of the Wind River Reservation to keep that tie to the wilderness. I feel like the tie to the wilderness is one of the main things that keeps us indigenous. We've always related to where we come from, and a lot of our stories relate to being um, in the wilderness and learning from Mother Nature all the relationships that the animals have to each other, all the relationships that the plants have to one another is how we can learn as a people to relate to one another. There's always a give and take with every individual species in the wilderness and that is how we should 
lead our lives as people. And I think that if we are to, you know, want to learn more about our ancestors, one way to learn more about our ancestors is just to go into the wilderness and learn the functions of how they survive and how they give and how they take. feel more Shoshone than Arapaho? You said you had spend more time with your Arapaho family and you know more Arapaho, but you're enrolled with the Shoshone. Does that ever affect you or is, um, or is that just something that you don't think about? Typically, I don't think about it because I'm open to learning both sides. I just right now have more access to learning more Arapaho traditions and language. Um, but if I ever had the opportunity to learn more of my Shoshone side, I would definitely be open to it and welcome it with a full heart and tons of gratitude um, because I know that not everyone has access to that, like you're saying, um, especially, you know, living here in Denver. And then, you know, now recently they also they have language apps for the Shoshone and Arapaho languages which I think is awesome. So I'll go and I'll go hike and I'll um, look at a bird and then I'll look it up on my Arapaho language app and I'll learn how to say that bird's name. And then um, sometimes I could talk back and forth with the, I know it sounds crazy, <laughs> but I'll talk to the bird and it'll answer me back um, when I speak to it in Arapaho. That's so, not crazy at all. Um I have video. <laughs> People don't believe me. <laughs> when we return, Taylor and Sarah talk about the special struggle they've both had to find their voices as Indigenous women. If you are liking what you're hearing, and actually, hey, even if you don't, we would love to hear about it. Take a moment right now to leave a rating or review on your podcast app. It'll help new listeners discover the modern West so that we can keep bringing you stories about the evolving identity of the American West. Hey, thanks, y'all. This season of The Modern West is sponsored by the Argosy Foundation, committed to supporting diverse people and programs that make society a better place to live. More information is available at argosyfnd.org. The Argosy Foundation is a philanthropic organization focused on leveraging the impact of people and organizations working to make the world a better place, employing creative and entrepreneurial approaches that help people to help themselves. Argosy works to ensure that their partners become successfully self-sustaining. The intention of this work is to solve systemic problems, build teams and communities, create replicable solutions and inspire others to contribute in their own ways. To learn more about this mission and the Argosy's work, visit argosyfnd.org.
especially being a girl in my family meant that you had to be a certain way. And so I was able to express myself through art, which is the quietest expression of emotions that anybody could have, I think. And so my imagination ran wild and I was able to put it on paper without saying a word. And so now I could branch out and I can, all those feelings that have been repressed and that have been quieted down, um, I could actually let them out and I could go back to moments of sadness or happiness and I could actually show it now and I don't have to emote myself in a quiet way anymore. Finding acting has been an amazing experience for me. In some way, I also want to bring that back um, home. And I, I, want, I want to share that part of who somebody can become if they truly want it. And so I feel safe within the art realm. I don't feel very safe within the acting realm or the dancing realm because those are actual movements and actual using actually using my voice in order to express myself and I growing up I was very limited in doing either of those options. She has been in plays like Black Elk Speaks and Sitting Bull's Last Waltz and she was Miss Native America USA. And currently she's in Australia as a jingle and fancy dancer at some festivals. One performance is with Mickey Free, who was a guitarist for Prince. So yeah, she's pretty impressive. I've also done the actor actor thing. Um, I think that Sarah put it beautifully when she says she's she doesn't feel safe on stage, but you do feel seen. And I think that in my childhood, I also felt very unseen and and going on stage was part of my way working through that. Sometimes it feels like when I'm doing stuff that's like talking about things that are very personal to me, I, I do feel scared, but at least I feel seen and I feel recognized. And, and in that way, I think that there's a lot of healing to be had. When I was Miss Native American USA, I would go to the schools and I would speak to students and I would have to prove to people that I was actually, you know, enrolled Shoshone and that I was also Arapaho, but government-wise, you could only be enrolled into one tribe and so I'm enrolled Shoshone, but I'm Arapaho descendant. And um, someone had contacted Miss Native American USA and they wanted clarification as to which tribe I was enrolled in, as if that mattered. And I don't feel like that matters because that is a federal, that's a government implement onto our tribal systems. It was very frustrating for me to sit there and be put under a spotlight asking and for me to having to verify who I was when I know who I am. I have a voice, I'm using it. Why do I have to prove to you who I am? So that's another aspect of being Shoshone and Arapaho. Um, 
I don't know if you also feel that way. <laughs> uh, you know, I've it's been a journey, definitely, like especially recently. Um, as a young person, I was called like I have muddy blood because I am one or the other, which was always very, very odd to me. So I guess I, I kept that with me into my adult life without even really knowing. I was um, really self-conscious about being both. You want to learn as much as possible, but then you don't want to um, offend anyone. And you, you know, you feel like because maybe you haven't spent enough time on the reservation with, you know, your tribe, then maybe you should tiptoe even lighter than, and there's that feeling of, do I even belong here? Um, So I, I understand that as well. Yeah, yeah. And but most people that I've talked to about this particular issue have been very forthcoming with um, support and just really good advice to just stay open, be respectful and yeah, go to events, meet your your tribe, yeah. like go out and, you know, yeah. talk to them. And yeah. that's the best advice I can give anybody. Um, I also noticed that I learned more of the Arapaho language than I did my Shoshone language. And that's simply because I'm around more of my Arapaho family than I am around my Shoshone family. And so I just, you know, picked up words and phrases from them. I want to learn both. <laughs> and I, I most likely will. It's just, you know, going to take more time. So that's another aspect to being both Shoshone and Arapaho is the complete different language languages that we speak. Yeah, they're very different. It's like comparing Japanese and Dutch. They're very different languages. Now that you say that, it's kind of sad that we understand the difference between Japanese and Dutch, but not the difference between our own indigenous language. And I know that that stems from, you know, boarding schools and everything like that. But it's still, that's such a sad history that we can't identify it like that. It makes me sad. (laughs) This was such a personal conversation that you had with Sarah. I'm, I'm wondering, Taylor, if working on this story made you think in a new way about what it means to be from two tribes. You know, I think it's just nice to feel understood. And having these conversations, it's good to share your feelings even though you might be insecure. Even though it's a little hard to talk about in a public way. If it helps one other person, like, not feel as insecure about maybe being multi-tribal or maybe, like, not feeling as connected to their tribe as they as they want to be, I, I feel like it's worth it to publicly learn. I, I don't feel like I have a limited amount of knowledge from each side. I feel like if I was to go and pursue more knowledge, I think I could go and ask my family, can you please show me this? Can you please show me somebody who could teach me this? And they would openly show me and bring me in and lovingly show me and not not be angry at me for not knowing on either side, Shoshone or Arapaho.
If you still don't believe that birds answer Sarah when she speaks Arabaho to them, you can watch her video at our website, themodernwest.org. Our reporter was Taylor Stagner. On our show next week... Women are the largest section of new hunters right now, and that's incredible. But hunting has a PR problem. We're declining because we're not relatable to the outside world and we're really bad at talking about what we do. Women like me who become adult-onset hunters and anglers. Hey, I might even catch a trout. I'm Melody Edwards. The theme song is by Screen Door Porch. The Modern West is a production of Wyoming Public Media. One of our goals is to get a dialogue flowing about the stories that we're telling. We're hoping that you'll join the conversation. So connect with us on social media and let us know what your thoughts are, whether you agree with what you're hearing or not. We're at Modern West Pod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. That's Modern West Pod.